Today is Thursday, March 18th, 2010, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and for those of you who are new to Medjugorje.com and to Medjugorje, uh, in 1982, uh, Our Lady uh, Mariana, one of the six visionaries of Medjugorje, uh, had her last daily apparition of Our Lady in December of 1982. And during that apparition, Our Lady told Mariana that she would appear to her on March 18th. Uh, now, we know that March 18th is Mariana's birthday, but Our Lady has never actually said that that is the reason why she appears, and Mariana said that we would know the reason for that date in the future. So as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, you told us to call down the Holy Spirit that when we call the Holy Spirit down, we receive everything. And it's such days on this day today of your coming that we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the world that we live in, so circumstances of life, the direction of the world, we need help. We thank God that you're coming. We thank you for doing what you told us, that you've been with us through the centuries, and that you're seeking our help. And as such, we offer tonight this to you. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, as always, we wish to thank you for being with us. It's a great joy for us to be able to bring you the messages as we always begin our shows. And as Joan is with us to read this message of March 18th, the annual apparition, as Rios was just telling us about, it's also a great joy to be so much in nearness, as L.A. said, God wants to be in nearness to you, that this verbiage is almost strange to us in the way we, she says it, that we have this today. We have her presence. So, Joan, would you like to go ahead and read the message today? Mariana's annual March 18th, 2010 message from Our Lady. Dear children, today I call you to love with all your heart and with all your soul. Pray for the gift of love. Because when the soul loves, it calls my son to itself. My son does not refuse those who call him and who desire to live according to him. Pray for those who do not comprehend love, who do not, comp to, who do not understand what it means to love. Pray that God may be their father and not their judge. My children, you be my apostles. Be my river of love. I need you. Thank you. It always is amazing to me to see that Mariana added that Ale was very joyful. And yet her words can be passed off as, oh, okay, it's just superficial, what so many people have done through the years. And yet Ale says some serious things in here. She says, my children, you be my apostles. Be my river of love. And all 12 apostles, excepting John, was all martyred. You know, what is she asking of us? She's asked us many times to be a witness. What does witness mean? It means to be martyred. And anybody that's gone through conversion has followed Medjugorje that starts walking in her way, knows the first thing that happens to you is, is difficulties, obstacles, sufferings. Like, this is not what I bargained for. I come to love God, and all of a sudden, you know, I've got all these, these crises and crosses I'm carrying. Well, before, you were too much of a pagan and too much uh, pagan in your Christianity because many Christians are, are converting today. 
not pagans converting to Christianity, but Christians converting to more the, the more fuller, fuller life of living the Christian life. You know, St. Paul, when he had his conversion experience, was, a, was not a pagan. He was a, a well-schooled uh, Pharisee. Uh, he, he was, uh, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the synagogue, he was well-known for that, a good teacher. They sent him, in fact, to persecute the Christians. So it wasn't that he was on the outside of religion, he was on the inside. He wasn't a heathen. So he went through conversion, and what did he do for the next eight years? He went through conversion, his trials. He had to learn how, what it meant to be a Christian. He didn't have the luxury of the three years that they had a cram session with Jesus Christ himself. Paul had to go through and learn the experiences. So when you convert through Medjugorje, all of a sudden you get things that's never happened to you in your life. Things start falling apart. We often see in our mission, in our life, in, in our Medjugorje conversion, that we uh, have everything running perfectly. All the gears are running, everything's well-oiled, and, and it's like an angel's from heaven and drops down this monkey wrench right into the gears to jam it up or break some teeth. And often we see this happens because God wants to see how we're going to deal with it. If we're on a project, say we're doing something construction within the community, and, and we have difficulties, do we handle it in peace or do we start hollering or screaming and ranting and raving and losing our peace or say things we shouldn't say or be mad at each other? Or we sit there and say, as God wills, I'm just going to be happy. And this is the life of the Christian. Be joyful carriers of my peace. Be joyful Christians. What made Christians want to be, the early Christians that converted from paganism want to be Christians? Because they had something that they didn't have. Our Lady's love, especially this message, is, is so beautiful. It is such that she's wanting us to have this love within us. The people are attracted to it. Everyone in their life has been attracted to somebody, a school teacher when you were a child, or, or an aunt, or uncle, or a parent. Somebody that you can remember that had some kind of great impact on you because of their the calmness, the the way they handled themselves, the way they carried the demeanor, the way they handled situations with uh, family members or whatever, that they carried this peace, and they're always working toward peace and building peace or preserving the peace, or you know. And you thought, well, I would like to imitate that, even if you didn't say those words. You 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 maybe wasn't at the mature enough level to to define it. That there was something about the way that individual did something that really touches you today, and everybody's had that. Well, not everybody. Non-believers often have had such horrible lives that they never had that in their life. But our lady's calling on you to be an apostle in that. And that does mean difficulties, apostleship, being martyred. And so I was just reading last night some, some things from uh, Al Capone and John Dillinger and all this stuff, and all of them had the same theme in their life. Horrible, horrible childhood sternness, oppressiveness. John Dillinger uh, was a murderer. He was a killer. But I pitied him when I read about him. I pitied him because what could have happened if he had the right mentors in his life? His dad was very oppressive, very disciplinarian, very stern. Uh, things that took calm. He, he did do something bad in the beginning. And, and one guy got two years of a prison sentence and got out early, they gave him 14 years, then 10 more years. Very, very, very unjust in, in what happened compared to the others. I know everybody gets what comes to them. But he came out even more hardened and more angry and more mean and more cross in his way. And of course, he ended up dying in the streets being shot to death. But what could, how many people have been like that? I know there was a guy in Italy after World War, during the period of World War II had planned a plot to kill the Pope. And uh, Yelena, the interlocutionist, lives near this area. I went there to see Yelena and was told about this shrine. Went there, and they've got flowers there at this little shrine with this guy who is planning to kill the Pope. I think it was the next day. A lady appeared to him. You know, that apparition changed his life. He became a big advocate for the Pope. And, and it's, a, it's a little known shrine and apparition, but uh, I saw Italians visiting this place. So Our Lady comes to us today in the world to, to touch us in a way and display this love, to show us how to love. And one thing that's so amazing to me is, is how Our Lady is coming with this and that God really loves me. God loves me in a way that I can't grasp why, why He does it. Why does He spend the time? Why, does it, why, why wasn't I smashed a long time ago? 
And Our Lady tells us something about that. You know, if you respond, and, and we're in a time right now, an age of responding, uh, a response is so critical that we can accept God as our Father, or we can accept God the judge. And if you read about him being a judge, you don't want this kind of judge. Who wants to go before any judge? Who wants what a father does? Okay, I'll just pat you on the back. So God must really love me. He must really love all of you on the earth. And it's a beautiful thing that he sends his mother to show us this. It's been times I let my faith run thin. Not been the man I should have been. After all the trouble I've been in, I'd have gave up on me. I've lived hard and I've lived fast. Lost things I never will get back. For someone to look past all of that, God must really love me. Lady says, February 2nd, 2010. I call you to be a lighthouse to all souls who wander in the darkness of ignorance of God's love, that you may shine all the brighter and draw all more souls. Do not permit the untruths which come out of your mouth to silence your conscience. There again, just recently, Our Lady's monthly message through, of course, Mariana, the second of the month for non believers, is it, it shows the same theme she says today, that she calls us to pray for the gift of love, to receive that. Back in 1988, when Maria first came to our home and we had three months of apparitions and she chose the bedroom to have the apparitions over, we, we noticed one particular apparition from the onset was different from all the previous weeks before that. We saw something extraordinary take place in the room. And we felt it. 
We felt it in the room. We physically, it wasn't just something spiritual or something in our heart. We physically felt something different, almost in the air. And Maria's voice during the middle of the apparition when she prayed with Our Lady was so powerful, so sweet, the way she pronounced the words, uh, so moving that we knew something was taking place in the apparition. We didn't know what it was, but we felt something that we didn't know how to define what that feeling was because we'd never felt it that way before. After the apparition ended, Maria says, Our Lady gave us the gift of love tonight. And today she says that, or, in that, uh, or today she says, pray for the gift of love. Because when your soul loves, it calls my son to itself. We received that that night. We'd been praying. We'd been, we had Our Lady in our home. We had these things and thousands of people were coming. And we'd been praying without realizing what we were praying for. And she gave it. And she's only given this gift probably four times through the 28 years of apparitions. I've seen it twice at our, our, when Maria was at our place and twice in Medjugorje. Uh, so here she's telling you, pray for the gift of love. You can receive this. And I can tell you, after the apparition, we felt love in the room. We felt love permeate the walls. It was physically there. One uh, person that was there with me came up to me and says, do you feel what I feel? I says, yeah, I feel that. And, and so immediately when Maria said that, it confirmed what we felt. We just didn't know how to define that, that this was love. It felt good. It felt something special, and it's hard to explain. But here it is today. You've got this opportunity. The mother of God, who's full of truth, when she says this, says this, doesn't mean, okay, go buy a ticket for a lottery. Maybe you'll get this. She says, pray for the gift of love. Do you want that? Because when you get the get the love, in other words, she says, when the soul loves, it calls my son to itself. My son does not refuse those who call him who desires to live according to him. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've done, even that gift of love was given to the adulteress who was about to be stoned. Cast the first stone those who were without sin. And then he turns to her who just received the gift of love and says, go and sin no more. And this is what Jesus says, or she says today, who desires to live according to him. Desire, adulteress, to change your life to live according to God, to experience this gift. I've just shown you love. I've just saved your life. I've just saved your soul. Sadly, we don't know what happened to her. Did she change? Did she not change? The thing is, she was given this gift of love, but it's all according to continue that if you live according to him. Him what? His principles. Who is he? The Christ. Christian principles. Pray for those who do not comprehend love, who do not understand what it means to love. Obviously, this woman didn't know what love was. She was doing something she should is animalistic, nothing about love. And so when we taste God's love, when we understand that, we can understand seeing sinners in great sin and realize and pity him, just like I said about John Dillinger. There was a certain pity I had about, you know, this soul's lost. He died in violence. And yes, I can't judge that, and we're not allowed to judge that, because we didn't really know what mental arrangements was in his mind or his heart or whatever, but the circumstances were not good. It was not a holy death. But how many mentors in front of that person could have saved him? And that's what he's calling you to. It's for you to make that decision. It's interesting that Our Lady has never used the word judge in terms of God, that he's the judge, in all these years of apparitions, would you say that she has a reluctance to use that term, that she wants to present God as, this, as a loving father, but that it's important for us to know ultimately that he is still the judge? Well, we come and, and have this idea and concept of God that, that uh, because he doesn't react, he's a patient God, that he's not going to react. In other words, the consequences of our actions of, of, of missing the nail when you're hammering it and you hit your thumb is immediately. The consequences of sin, because you do it, and you inflict a far greater damage to your soul, is not immediately felt. The more you pray and the more you grow toward God, sometimes you can feel your soul. I, I, I can do that sometimes. and feel this is, I, I feel, you know, I, I'm damaging it. If you're a sensitive spirit, that actually can be felt. There's been times I've felt that, and anybody doing that, I think that's offered to them. But the consequences in atonement doesn't, even if you repent, doesn't happen immediately. And so God's slow to, to let that come because He'll let you go and go and go and go and go. But then one day that consequence comes. You know, you can't go plant 
a peach tree this spring and expect to get fruit the next year. You've got to toil it and you've got to uh, fertilize it and you've got to water it. And, and after years of growing up, it produces fruit. Sin does that, bad fruit. You know, you consistently produce and you persist in sin, you will produce bad fruit in your life. And many people, as they get older, start picking this fruit and they don't like it and they regret and they start spending the whole golden age of their life entering into a period of time that they wish they'd done things a different way. I hear that all the time from older people. And the youth and the decisions they make will greatly affect what they experience later with the treasure of peace. The greatest treasure you can have on earth is peace. And so it's important that we understand and comprehend that, that God is judging us. God will be merciful to us if we accept him as Father. And a father, you can go to and say, Father, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. Forgive me. He will do that. You might atone for it, but you still you get the light sentence. But if you're going to be always pushing and always going your way and, and not living according to him, as the lady said today, you will meet that judge. To, and, and I'll read after, actually, today's reading at Mass is incredible. It's talking about this judgment of God. destroyed the sinful world in the waters of the flood. He chose Noah alone and his family to be saved upon the ark. Today, mankind is sinking in a whirlpool of sin, and it does not even know in what sin it is sinking. Who will save us from this whirlpool? Where is our ark to be found? Who is our navigator upon the stormy waves? The ark today is not of wood made by man, but rather in the opening of a motherly mantle, the star of the sea, Mary of Nazareth, mother of Jesus, the queen of peace, God's ark for us today, leading us to security to peace, to a future. Will you allow yourself to be saved upon this ark? A new ark, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. A new ark, by a friend of Medjugorje, available through Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. So today's reading today speaks really of what we just heard on this commercial about uh, the God of Sinai. Uh, that's not a pleasant side of God. But how long do we expect him to continue in the depravity of society and its destruction and not have consequences? And so because there's not a tangible uh, immediate effect of our consequences of sin because of the time and distance in which we see those consequences, we're not tied. People say, well, I did this, nothing happened. I did this, nothing happened. this, This catches up with you. There comes a time when we push God too far, and he's got to correct us for our own good. The fact that our lady's coming is, is defined by what she told Yvonne uh, several years ago, uh, with the, had she not come, the world would have destroyed itself. When man fails to, to, to understand the, the reasons of monogamous marriage, procreation, and wander off to, to abominations and the things we see in our culture today, it doesn't get better. It just goes downhill, just like Sodom. What did he do with Sodom to correct it? He destroyed it. And so our ladies, and he would have saved the city if they found five people. That's all they had to find. 
Lot, Lot and Abraham was told to leave. Our lady's coming to find the apostles, come the people, be my river of love. And she's finding us. She's finding them. So things are going to change. It doesn't mean we don't have a hard road or a hoe in the garden. Uh, we've got difficulties. But today in the reading, it says and from Exodus 32, 7, 14, The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once to your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, for they have become depraved. They have soon turned aside from the way I pointed out to them, making for themselves a molten calf and worshiping it, sacrificing to it and crying out, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I see how stiff-necked this people is. Let me alone then, that my wrath may blaze up against them to consume them. Then I will make of you a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord God. He said, This is our lady. This is exactly where we are today. The molten calves, the cars, the Porsche, all this stuff. Everybody thinks, even in a clunker that you got driving. People worship these things as God. Their, their cell phones, everything. There's so many gods in this society today that do you, do you hold the Bible as much as you, you pay attention to texting? What have you done? Have you read your Bible today? How many times have you used and, and read text or, or whatever you're doing and preoccupied with the daily newspaper, your television? How much have you spent with God today? And where are you going to spend eternity? With either the devil or with God. And so what does that dictate to you in this life where you want to be spending your time? It doesn't make any common sense not to be thinking. We need to be a godly people walking with God. So Moses implored God, saying, Why, O Lord, shall your wrath blaze up against your own people? This is exactly our lady. This is what she came today to say. Whom you, she says, do you want him to judge you? Or you want him to be your father? A father takes care of his children. A judge sentences. That's the difference. There's a big distinct difference. And this calls for our lady's choice decision. It's what I wrote yesterday. Some people didn't like what I wrote yesterday. Because they think when I said about our lady being pro-choice. I don't mean for death. I mean for pro-life. Why do we give way to the degradation of the language and letting these pro-death people use pro-choice? As if there's a decision. On Tepeyac in Guadalupe, Our Lady appears on what? A hill 500 years ago on where everybody knew, all the Indians there, all the indigenous people knew that hill was to sacrifice babies to a goddess, a woman. And here it is. She comes and does this. Our Lady comes and says, I'm, I'm, for, I'm for your choice. Make a choice. She wants you to make pro-life choice. But she, one thing, there's no, there's no in between now. You've got to make a choice. She says also, choose life. Do, uh, do not, uh, your choice is to life or death. You have this choice. It's your choice. So how can we say anything other than that? And that's what God's the same way. He's for us to make a choice. We need to decide for God. And Revelation says that your yes be yes, your no be no. We're all in the middle. Medjugorje, if it's about anything at all, it's about you got to decide who you're going to be for. And she keeps saying, decide for God. This is a time of decision, she says. Change the direction of your life. This is about a pro-choice you get. Why do we vacate this phrase to these murderers? Why do we sit there and let them define what it means? Because they've determined and mentalities out there that pro-choice means that you can kill your baby. It's not what it means. Pro-choice is, is an honoring of, your, of the free will God gave us. Yes, you can sin and you cannot sin. That's your choice. We encourage you. Our Lady encourages us. She wants us to walk in this way. And so Our Lady comes as Moses. She's the priestess. And implored to God saying, Why, O Lord, should, you, should your wrath blaze up against your own people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and with such a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent, he brought them out that he might kill them in the mountains and exterminate them from the face of the earth. Our Father doesn't do that. Our Lady's telling us that today. Let your blazing wrath die down. Relent in punishing your people. Remember, remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and how you swore to them by your own self, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and all this land that I promised, I will give your descendants as a perpetual heritage. Our Lady wants this for us. A perpetual heritage for eternity that we can call God our paternity. 
She's our mother. God's our father. She's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So that Lord, so the Lord relented in the punishment he had threatened to inflict upon his people. We've got secrets coming. They're going to come. The visionaries will be alive through most of those secrets. There's no question there's going to be something of proportions that we're going to know this is of God. So this is the consequences of a wayward society that has constantly persisted in sin. And what amazes me the most is God's love. You know, we've seen so many things in the world. We've seen the beauty of, of the consumer society from diamonds to pearls. We've seen everything. Well, what does it mean? It means nothing. But when we go out in creation and we see God, and, and first Romans says there's, there's, there's no excuse to be atheistic or not to believe. And Romans relates that because known realities prove God's existence in creation, and that may be the colors of the rainbow, that might be his sense in your heart, but he, he will speak to you, and it's through creation often. But one thing we can see through this is it's amazing that God is allowing our lady to come after we've, we've done so many atrocities against us, all of us Christians, and we're given this great grace of her presence here. And if you don't see this amazing love of God, you're not praying and you're blind. Yeah.
You know, it's pretty astounding that Our Lady says, on August 23rd, 1981, when you need me, call me. Another time she says, on March 4th, 1982, if you have any problems, whatever it be, call me. I will come immediately to help you in advising you on the best resolving the difficulties. I remember, I remember reading this message, discovering it, and realizing that, that Our Lady's been elevated to a new position on the earth. She's been given greater authority, greater power to affect it. She's somebody we really can call on. This is not, a, this is not something empty of words. She's not like us. We can make our promises break them. We can give our words. We can shake our hands, shake on something, a deal, and sponge on it or not do it. But Our Lady makes a contract. Her words are truth. She says it means it. We often read in the point of man God or other books or even scripturally, where Jesus says something and he carried it out. He's not going to promise somebody something and not do it. It's going to happen. So when I says, if you have any problems whatsoever, whatever it be, call me. I will come immediately and help you in advising you on the best resolving the difficulty. That can happen in your room tonight. I mean, we've done this in our, in our mission. We've done it in our community. I've done it individually for the community. It, it, it really, a lady has this authority. Do you grasp that? And on May 2nd, uh, 2009, she says, From the depth of your heart, cry out for my son. His name disperses even the greatest darkness. I will be with you. You just call me. Here we are, Mother. Lead us. I say all those messages for what she said today, which is something to me is astounding also. Is at the end of the message, she says, and before I read that, think of who she is. She's the queen of the sea. She's the queen of the angels. She's the queen of creation. She's, she's got title after title after title. She's the greatest creature. And even every single one of the angels, if you, you, you had Peter up there at a desk with the calculator, calculating, okay, your, your, your holiness is 110%. We had more, you know, 200. Okay, here's St. Michael, 600. You know, tally all that up. That don't even come close to any kind of scale to the holiness of the Virgin Mary. Can you imagine that? Billions of angels. She is supreme. She enters into the Trinity that no being ever has entered into that depth. The secrets and things that she knows and what she's uh, privy to that nobody else has. And she comes to you today and says these three words. And this is, this is scary. This is scary in the sense of uh, we need to confess how many times we fail Our Lady. How many times she's asked us to do something, we don't do it. When we know that the angels being with Maria at our place and speaking to Maria, that when the angels appeared in our bedroom and talking to her afterwards, that for an angel to accompany the Holy Virgin Mary, hold that as one of the greatest moments in their state of being. How long will the angel be being? Forever. They'll worry this is a little badge or a little tassel on the shoulder, however they're going to measure that in heaven. I don't know. This, this says, I went with the Virgin Mary down to earth. I mean, can you imagine that? And these three words, she ends this message today before she says, thank you. She says, I need you. Big responsibility. Frightening if you think about it in a way that, ooh, am I responding? And one of the most glorious moments in the history of the world the history of the church since the death of the last apostle, John. And we're just sitting around and we're complaining. And she says, I need you. I'm nothing. And only when you become nothing and you understand you're nothing, can she use you and say, I need you. That's how you become her servant. So often people think we, we're working close to our lady. It's because we ain't nothing, Period. And when you empty yourself and you that way, then she can use you. So, well, I guess we have to break right now. So we'll stop at that point and come back. The Holy Queen, Mother of Jesus, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, Queen of Nations, Queen of all hearts, the Woman of Revelation, 
the Queen of Peace asks you to spread her call to the ends of the earth. Medjugorje.com A tool for you to spread Our Lady's way of life and change the world. Medjugorje.com Brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. Spread to all your family and friends. Medjugorje.com From Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Medjugorje.com is a tool that is being used by Our Lady. Uh, we see so clearly, especially from the letters that we've been receiving from the people that have been sending in testimonies, particularly throughout uh, the course of this plea that we're in the midst of, uh, that we see that our labor with prayer, God's blessing, Our Lady blessing that, and your giving is producing conversions throughout, uh, throughout the world. And uh, so... We encourage you, especially during this time, for those of you that are um, have not yet become a core group member, first of all, for those of you that are core group members, uh, we offer to you our prayers uh, of thanksgiving to Our Lady on your behalf, uh, thanking Our Lady for the grace that she is giving you uh, in being able to give uh, in this way and to be able to support her messages throughout the world. Uh, we had a supporter that wrote to us earlier And uh, she writes to us, and she says that uh, when I wait for the message from Mariana uh, for non-believers, I pause and I think that I do not want to be in the category of non-believers, which I think are very bad people, people who don't believe in God, people who hate, etc., etc. But then I think, no, these are people like me. She's talking to people like me, or is she? How do I, as an almost normal person who, yes, need improvement, But why do you think Our Lady puts us in a category of non-believers? Is this message for us normal people who want to be better, um, who want to be better people uh, than the bad people who we believe don't believe in God, etc.? Uh, why do you think Our Lady, or, do, or is Our Lady putting us in the category uh, of non-believers? Well, Our Lady has started off in the messages showing that... Uh And training us and, and purifying us of non-belief. We all, the, the, the absence of the fullness of Christianity in us means that there's some particles in our belief or mentalities that, that are no different from non-believers. That's substantiated by the message when she says, uh, many Christians uh, live, like, live, live in pagan Christianity. And she didn't say a few, she said many Christians live pagan Christianity. And so Our Lady says today, pray for those who do not comprehend love, who do not understand what it means to love. Well, just in 84, Our Lady was saying this to the people who were listening to her, which was the believers. You do not comprehend. Here she said today, pray for those who don't know God's love, basically, who do not comprehend. Here in 84, she says, you don't comprehend. Okay, this is the early villagers. I mean, they were seeing incredible signs. You're not conscious of the message, messages which God is sending to you through me. What do you mean? What is she saying this for? You're not conscious. They're giving Thursday messages every Thursday. And she says, you're not conscious of the message? How can that be? I mean, these people were walking with heaven. I mean, it, it was so, even the, my first visit in 86, it was so mystical. And they were in the throes of still the beginning at that time. The communists fighting them and everything. And The whole villages and healed relationships and miracles and the, the fire on the mountain burning, going up there and there's nothing on fire. The cross spinning, seeing Our Lady one morning at 6.30 for 30 minutes. Everybody in the village, Our Lady standing beside the, the cross. Miracle after miracle after miracle. One woman we, we interviewed who didn't believe, who went to a barn and saw light flashing out of the cracks of the door. Opened up and it was just a great light and as soon as she opened the door, the light disappeared. She became a believer. She was going to Mass She wasn't believing the apparition. She wasn't believing the miracles of God. She wasn't believing where God wanted to move her beliefs. And to give God to move had to remove non-belief in her. And so Our Lady says, 
August 25th, 1997. Dear children, now you do not comprehend this grace. See, this is 1997. Now you do not comprehend the grace. But soon a time will come when you will lament for these messages. Or we're going to learn them later. Who wants to do that now? Who wants to purify themselves of non-belief then? And so non-belief is something that we all have. Even today, even the, the highest in this movement, what are those elements of non-belief? Because we've been so touched by the culture with wrong mentalities. And just what I wrote yesterday about people who don't understand really what the, the, the gift of a free will is. And Our Lady said, your weakness is your freedom. So free will is a, a dangerous thing if we don't bind ourselves in self-measured use of our freedom. In other words, we, we bind ourselves by the principles of Christianity, live in those ways, and God gives us, he, he's free to let us be free. And the more we want to abuse that freedom and we, we sin through our free will, the more liberty and freedom we actually lose and society becomes oppressive. We start being choked down. And so the whole point, some people miss on this. The greater majority didn't because they're following a lady. But if you have, if, you know, we're following the culture. They determine this pro-choice means what it means. Why aren't we determining? A lady wasn't going to let the Indians down in Mexico 500 years ago determine what this mountain means, even though we'd been doing that for years, murdering children, sacrificing them. She came and redefined it. Our lady's come to give us new mentalities. And a lot of that, can only happen if you recognize you're a non-believer about this area. Okay, I believe I'm supposed to be at Mass. I believe I'm supposed to be a Revenant Mass. I believe Mass is the greatest prayer in the, in, the, in the universe. All true. But then I don't think anything wrong with going to communion. Uh, when I haven't been to confession in, in over a year. You know, we, we have this. We just went to penitential service yesterday. And, and the whole church gets up and goes to communion. And almost everybody walks out afterwards. Now, we're out of town right now, but, but it's amazing. It's really amazing that there's no sensitivity to what uh, the non-belief is we have. You mean every one of those people haven't said something defiled before their eyes on television? They haven't said something that they shouldn't say, or they had not been uncharitable, or they had not condemned people, mocked people? Uh, they, they have no sin in their life? How is it every single person in the church went to confession? I mean, to, to communion. And, and us four community members there looked like the sinners because we were the only one who went to penitential service, basically. But, and, and I'd just been in confession two weeks ago. You know, our lady's off, she said one time, she said, I want you to go to confession, even though you recently went last few, in the last few days. Someone had just gone three or four days before that. It's just amazing that. We're very sick in the soul. And for years, it was a real revelation to me, not less than probably, not just over five or six years ago, that on the mountain, after all those dec two decades of going to the mountain, Yvonne's apparitions, I said, pray for the sick. I didn't see that many sick around there. Yeah, some people carried up on, on a stretcher. And I would think, you know, you know, what about us? You know, yes, she prayed over us and she blessed us, but she's always paying so much attention to the sick. And it's tragic to be, you know, confined to a wheelchair. But it dawned on me one night sitting by myself, whoa, I, I, I get it. I got rid of some non-belief that night. I'm sick. She's praying for me. My soul is sick. My mentality has a sick mentality. I'm, and, and some of those people laying on the stretchers or in a wheelchair are more sick in their soul than they are in the wheelchair of the physical sickness. And so when you're on that mountain, if you've been there, a lady prayed for you because you're a sick person. We're a sick world. There's no way she's coming for 20 years if this is not a depraved, a, a, a cancerous sickness that she wants to rid, us, rid, of, uh, of the, rid us of. And this day of non-believers started off with really strong words about non-believers, those who don't know the love of God, and has evolved in talking to us today. This, well, today's March 18th, but let's just go to the second of the month message, February 2nd, 2010. With motherly love today, I call you to be lighthouse to the souls who wander in darkness of ignorance of God's love. That you may shine all the brighter. Okay, she's talking about us. Do not permit the untruths which come out of your mouth to silence your conscience. Okay, that's non-belief. You're a non-believer when you silent, when you know better and something's taking place and, and, and you don't speak against that or you don't give witness against that. 
you know, there's a lot of circumstances you can't change and you need to pray for your brother. You need to pray for something you see. But at the same time, we, we have a silent culture who's allowing abominations to make inroads into our law, into our life, and into our thinking. And this is a great, great tragedy because we're silenced. When Our Lady said today, um, pray for the gift of love because when the soul loves, it calls my son to itself. So what if that soul is a Muslim? Or what if that soul is a Buddhist? Or what if that soul is a non-believer? But that soul is loving or knows how to love. Is it in some way calling God to reveal himself in Jesus to is, is that love that they're expressing, which is a characteristic of God, somehow leading that soul to the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, it's not being a Catholic that determines whether or not you have the ingredients to go to heaven. And in fact, being Catholic and knowing the truth and knowing these things and, or even being a Christian, all that does is just make you more liable. We have liability. Uh, if you have a, a car that's worth $12,000 and you got liability insurance and collision insurance on it, uh, actually it'd be a uh, collision. Your collision insurance uh, is like liability for yourself. But your collision for a $12,000 car is not as much, doesn't cost you as much as one that's a Porsche that costs dollars $75,000. You're going to pay more for that. And there's more liability in, in losing that to the insurance company. And so being a Catholic... It, and being a Muslim is $12,000, not any less than the dignity of a human mind, but as far as what truths they have and where, what they know or, or, or a pagan or somebody like that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that because a Catholic or a Christian is, has, in other words, they have a lot more greater liability than them because we know so much. So sometimes we think because it's Catholic... Just because I'm Catholic, I'm going to have more. No, you're going to be judged much more on your actions. You know more. And so what's the real ingredients? The ingredients is not being Catholic or Muslim or, or non-believer. The, the ingredients is love. You often hear about, unless you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you're not going to make it to heaven, blah, blah, etc. So what does that mean? You know, all the Indians are going to, to you know, the the... the People who never heard of Jesus Christ is going to hell. That's what some fundamentalists would say. Well, if they don't profess the name of Jesus, well, how do you know after they die, they're going to meet him for the first time and say, because you love, you recognize me through your heart and your soul, because I am love. And they're going to say, you're the ones I love. They never knew you. They had a longing to be Christian. That's why Christopher Columbus came to the shores of our country. That's why he discovered. He, he said he wanted, he felt in his, the Holy Spirit guided him to do this. The historians and the teachers and the, and the revisionists of history are not going to tell you those things. You read his diaries. Don't read what they say about his diary. Read what he says. And that's what he said. He was pushed by the Holy Spirit for the motivation of Christianizing these people when he kept coming back. Okay, yeah, there was, there was human reasons, the routes, but there was human reasons why Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went to Bethlehem. But the fulfillment of the scriptures was done through that. And so it's very important that we grasp that love is what determines their judgment in the end because they can be totally ignorant. Moses never knew Jesus Christ. So he never found him as Lord and Savior. I mean, gosh, I hate to know Moses is in hell. You know, so think about that. And so it does, this message is beautiful. It's not a criteria. And our ladies proved that when we had a Muslim go into the apparition room back in the 80s, probably 84, somewhere around that time, and a, a Christian in there, and the Muslim child, I was an Orthodox. It was an Orthodox. Uh, the, the child was healed, and the Christian, the Catholic wasn't. The priest had trouble with that. Well, they got, they're Catholic. They should have been healed. No, it was what is in the heart. And so I, I know some Muslims. And I know they're very, they're, they're very good people. They're not what you hear about on the news and what they're trying to do to the jihadists. I know a neighbor I grew up with who never had a father, who never knew the love of a father, but was probably one of the most moral, moral kids I ever knew growing up. And he, he had this code written in him of goodness. He's a very nice guy. And, and uh, he told me when he grew up one time, he came over to our house after we, I got married and 
and uh, hadn't seen him in a long time. And we started talking about God. He, he didn't believe in that. He didn't understand God. He says, I wish there was a God. I just wish there was because I'd punch him in the face. Now, his life didn't reflect that, but he, he never had a father. He was abandoned. And he had this anger in him. He never expressed the love of God. But he was genuinely a better person than me, much more moral. And so we're praying for these people to taste this love of God, and that's one thing that's going to come. And so we need to realize that we need to be praying for our friends and praying for these people uh, like, this, like this childhood friend to come and experience and know the love of God. It's, um, of course, unfortunately, we are running out of time in the show, but it's impossible to have a show like this and not ask this question. Um, and we've, we've probably spoken about this, that we have spoken about this specific subject before, and specifically this one specific thing, but we can't let the opportunity pass. Um, okay, we know Our Lady's appearing to Mariana on March 18th. We know that it's Mariana's birthday, and we know that that's Mariana herself said that was not the reason why uh, Our Lady was appearing on this day, and so um, and she said she herself said in the future we will know. So, just have to ask the question: What is it? <laughs> what is the day, and what's going to happen? <laughs> what is it? Well, one thing we know is going to happen: something's going to happen. <laughs> in fact, that's going to happen is a great joy and an anticipation. I didn't feel like today was going to be the day because we're not ready, and I, I just I always wanted it to go off. It's like paying a bad bill. You, you just give us some more time, you know, like Moses. Come on, give these people these stiff-necked people. We, we're that way. I'm that way. Everybody, we're still got too much non-belief needs to be purified out of us. But I think tonight, as we end the show, uh, and and March 18th is an important date. Uh, Maria uh, Maria has been sal given a salutation salutation on her birthday from a lady, even a kiss for her birthday. Mariana, up to at least say three or four years ago, has said that lady's never given a salutation. I can't say in the last four years that that's happened, but it's not something that is for her on her birthday. It's for an event or some significance 
in the future that we will know on March 18th. So is it the sign on the mountain? We don't know. We can only speculate and, and, uh, and be wrong because you're not going to figure out God what he's going to do. But we're out of time. I do want to play one more, have one more song played for you tonight. And as we play this, uh, really contemplate this message today. It's a, a powerful message, a beautiful message, saying, uh, telling us to let God be the Father. And if you don't, the consequences that are rejecting him as a father, he becomes our judge. Read the scriptures. Read the, read the God of Sinai. We're not going to continue in the depravity we're in, the destruction of the society, the destruction of everything we know that brings us to life and goodness, to death and darkness, without the consequences catching up. And we're in catch-up time. We've gone four, four times, uh, 40 years. I mean, we've been, we've been going downhill. And our age coming to warn us. The thermometer to measure this by is 28 years of apparitions. I believe we're going to go quite some time still in apparitions. But anyway, we'll end with this song about Our Lady and her son, about a man and his son, and contemplate this and how her son and what he means to us and how desperately she wants us to come to him. Down on my knees again tonight Hoping this prayer will turn out right See, there is a boy that needs your help I've done all that I can do myself His mother is tired Sure, you can understand. Tonight, as he sleeps, she goes and holds his hand, and she tries not to cry as the tears fill her eyes. Can you hear me?
want to say something to you in the show, a fact, that if you pray for the gift of love, you will be calling Jesus to your soul. Tonight, pray for the gift of love for these next days, because our lady said when you do that, the soul that loves it calls my son to itself. All you have to do is wish for that. And so we love you and wish you not only Jesus, but we wish you Our Lady. Good night.